0: And welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plots. I am your dearman host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined with my returning players, James Bunkle and Paul Flinders. Hello, hello there. I just leave the empty void of silence and let you fill it yourselves. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> it's always it should be routine by now. To be fair, come on.
0: <laughs> Intrigued. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, well, they're gonna be reprising their roles as Rogar the Paladin Sorcerer and Varys the Missing in Action.
1: Yep, we don't know what he is.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, whatever we know, we know it won't be good. Yeah. And uh, I I feel like we need to talk about last week. Um, Rogar rolled three natural ones. I don't know what uh, Bunkle did to insult the dice guards so much that they decided that they hate you for life now.
2: Yep. I want my three natural ones in a row. You can't even make this shit up.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, the dice gods have decided that the my mantle of the worst roller in D&D worldwide was due to be moved on to somebody else. <laughs> last last week we saw a passing of the torch, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I think you need to buy a set of D&D dice go travel all the way to the uh, the stone plaque that has Gary Gygax's name on it and just pray in front of that with the dice just resting on it and hope that you are forgiven. And then maybe, maybe you'll be able to make a stealth check again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I've got the set of dice at least now. So, you know, it's it's just a traveling part. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Them
1: rolls last week, you may as well be walking
2: through banging a drum. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is basically what you did. So, oh god, do, do I even need a recap? It it went badly. Um, every single <laughs>
1: time, it was just a colossal shitstorm.
0: I mean, I've DM'd some sessions in my day. <laughs> that was, I mean, I you, you got an old school ass whoop in there,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even close, was
0: it? No. No, it wasn't. Uh, so so, so Rogar, Erock, and Meatbone loudly made their way into the palace, alerting everything on the way, including Dr. Nick. You, You managed to see that he was doing something, something involving a rift and some sort of empty vial that he had in his hand, but it seemed to close up not long after you walked into the room. So you didn't really get a good... Good idea of exactly what it was, but uh, this this uh this strange aberration of a doctor is doing something. You didn't spot Varys because not long after a little chat between the two of you, where you, you couldn't quite come uh, to an agreement on whether Rogar was going to give his body over for experimentation or not. Doctor Nick wanted that. Rogar didn't. Yeah, can't see eye to eye. Let's roll initiative. And Rogar got absolutely bodied. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long day for Rogar. I'll give you that, but uh, yeah, didn't even find out what was going on with Varys. You did, in terms of small victories. You damaged one of the uh, the six tubes that were running up from the middle of the room to some mechanical apparatus right at the top of the palace. You, you damaged one of those. In fact, you destroyed, or at least severed, one of them and started hurting another one. So I mean, maybe what you've done there's helped you. You don't know.
2: Well, oh, like a true hero, I, uh, you know, I fought selfly- selflessly of everybody else and not myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that really came through when you abandoned Varys to die and
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> never saving him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. It's not, it's not gone unnoticed on Twitter. Let's just say that <laughs> Steve saw it and he wasn't mm-hmm. pleased. Well, he might have been pleased. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, Rogar's legendary cowardice kicked in, and he tried to scarp her without uh, doing anything to help anybody. And, well, yes, as I said, he got his ass kicked. And actually died. Um, but, but, importantly, the one roll you did make all evening was your wisdom saving throw. It was. That it was. So you don't lose any memories. The DC does go up by one, but not two, so you know, that's positive. Yep. And you disappeared out the room but you don't know where to.
1: No. And with one HP.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you're not stunned, so hey, looking up.
1: And if I remember yeah. correctly, he said he was out of potions. Well? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well?
1: <laughs> well,
0: whether he is or not, I don't know if it's really going to matter, to be honest. Probably not. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we'll we'll deal with Rogar in a second. I mean, I think we should kick things off with What's going on with Varys? Mm. I'll say this, Varys. You you weren't really aware of this combat that just happened. For you, right now, everything is just darkness and pain. Mm. You're not sure what's going on. You don't know if you could move, even if you tried. And frankly, you're not cognizant enough to try. You feel dampness cover your body for a moment. You feel reverberations in the ground, like something was happening and then... You hear a noise. Hmm. Something like metal hitting stone happens a few times. But then all silence. There may have been some words sort of mixed in occasionally, but you couldn't make them out. It was too, too distant, too mumbled.
1: Could tell who it was.
0: You know, you're you're in that kind of state of not really conscious. You know when you're...
1: When you've had a, big, like, you a deep sleep and had a dream and you're like, sort of, coming to...
0: Yeah, but you've still got It's like you've still got your eyes closed or Everything's still dark And you can't tell what's real and what's not But
2: mm.
0: for a little moment You feel a large hand Cup your chin And move your head around Oh! And as You drift back into unconsciousness You hear a voice Just about manage to cut through Your friends Failed you Oh, the lady, Varys. But don't worry. I'll make certain that you'll hurt to good use. Then you drift into complete darkness and unconsciousness.
1: Oh, lovely. And that's Varys. <laughs>
0: well, for now. Rogar. My boy, Rogar. Yeah. My hat-trick and natural ones, Rogar. Yeah. <laughs> My talk-a-big-game-but-choke-at-the-finish-line, Rogar. <laughs> My rock yeah. up and do zero damage to the boss, Rogar. Yeah, let's uh, let's see where you are. So, Rogar, this is the first time this has happened to you, and you feel that sort of disconnect. I mean, you having been sent to the Dreamlands, actually knowing how you got here, and that sort of strange connection that you you can almost slightly feel to a physical form somewhere, but you know that you're a projection of some sort, a, a mental image, a mental construct. And you've known that better than anyone else you've met here that wasn't a, uh, a resident or long-time dreamer. And you feel that connection waver as you flicker in and out of existence. And you see Dr. Nick study you as you fade out, and you see another room start to form around you as clearly this is what has happened to, to Varys, to Robert, to countless other dreamers throughout all of time you have felt for a moment your body disconnect from this mental form, and as you struggle to hold yourself together, and it is a struggle, it reminds you a little bit of the times that you've passed through that veil of darkness when you've died in the real world, back in the material, when you've had to break through that barrier to return to life, aided, of course, by your faith. It feels similar to that, where... There, your mind was torn asunder time and time again. Here, it's that similar moment of your mind starting to fracture, and you just, you will it to stay together. You hold on to what makes Rogar, Rogar. And as you open your eyes, you feel yourself stumble, as if you appear slightly off the ground, and you fall into a pile of decaying, soft flesh.
2: Uh, okay. Um... So, so am I? Like, kind of, bam, like on top of the flesh.
0: You fell like face first into it. Like you, like you appeared a little bit off the ground, and right. you got dropped into it. And as you start to shift around a little bit, you realize that it's a pile of bodies. Okay. Ghoul cool bodies. Ooh. I assume you you kind of quickly try to get yeah your head yeah out. like yeah
2: <laughs> yeah try and like hold my like yeah hold myself up really so I can. Well, do I breathe? I guess I breathe.
0: Yeah, you breathe. You kind of push them aside quickly and like pull yourself to your feet. You almost have to drag your body out of this pile. And you, you feel awful. You feel weakened. You feel just on the precipice of death. But you get out of that pile of bodies and you look around you and there's multiple piles. And you recognize the armor and equipment of the Legion. Okay. This room that you're in you realize must be one of the places Nick has been storing bodies that he's been collecting from around the city. You saw that some of the laborers were dropping them in the laboratory. They must be the ones that are in use or about to be in use, but these are the, the stockpile.
2: Okay. Um, do I notice anything moving around me?
0: At the moment, you don't notice anything, but as you kind of get to your feet and look around, you realize you're in a very strange room because even before... These just piles of slowly decaying meat that were once proud soldiers of the ghoulish legion. This room is covered all along the walls, all along the corners, all along the ceiling with bones and skulls and pieces of human remains. In some cases, they are literally stacked on top of each other. In others, they've been used as decoration. Skulls lie in the corners of the room with bones crossed underneath them. In some cases, you think maybe hip or shoulder blades have been used to imitate wings like they were flying. This room, as you're looking around it, you quickly realize is an ossuary, a place where the dead are interred but also used in some sort of decoration for reverence. You assume you're probably still in the palace, so perhaps this has some connection to the royalty here. You don't know. But this room that was once probably used as a way to show some level of respect to these remains has taken on an even more horrifying visage now with the the formerly living corpses of the... uh, Ghoulish legion just thrown in here, almost haphazardly piled up in the corners and in the middle. You are in a room dedicated to and actively covered by death.
2: Interesting. Um, so not not well. It's not it's not too disturbing to Rogar, you know. Um, at least I am assuming it's not because I'm kind of used to death and stuff around me. Really,
0: I'd say like even for you, this is uh, like. This is a bit much. Like, the smell isn't as off-putting to you, but, like, seeing so much just death and destruction and oddly imposed on something that has a bit of a macabre feel to begin with, it is a little unsettling in here. But you okay. do realize it's it's quiet, it's cold, it's dark, but you seem to be alone.
2: Okay. Um, can I see a door?
0: Uh, if you look out as you kind of... Here around some of the piles of bodies, you do see a door, probably about sixty feet away from you. It's a, it's quite a big room.
2: Okay. Um,
0: not so, quite, not that wide, but quite long at least.
2: Okay. So, um, so yeah. So okay, I'm feeling, I'm feel a little bit freaked out and disturbed, I guess. So you know, uh, you know, Rogar's probably like thinking, you know, he's feeling a little bit. I don't want to say jumpy. Jumpy is probably the wrong word, but more, more kind of like. Like, his skin's crawling a little bit. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, I think the first thing I would do is maybe take a bite out of one of the, uh, you know, one of one of the ghoul corpses that are around me. You know, because then I, I might, I don't know, get an image or something from them. Okay. Would be my thinking.
0: Uh, so you just pick one at random, try to take a bit of a bite of
2: yeah, one that's looking, one that's looking uh, a little bit, you know, le- a little bit older, a little bit less fresh.
0: Okay, you find a an armed one that was uh, looking a little bit older, and you uh, rip a hunk of flesh off, and you take a bite. And as you close your eyes and try to focus on the images of the this ghoul's final moments, you're given a quick flash of this ghoul on some sort of night patrol in Sarnath. Seems to have gotten separated it, but he's walking through the streets trying to find his way back to his uh his squad when all of a sudden a creature with four spider like arms with these puncturing pincers at the end of them leaps through a window, crashes into him, and literally just crushes him and impales him with all four spikes.
2: Ah, uh, Mr. Huggy Stabby. Um shame. I don't really want to stay in here too much longer, if I'm openly honest. Um,
0: when you um, open your eyes and uh, the room kind of takes focus, right in front of your face, you see a white spectral face looking at you. That goes, oh, that was a little bit odd.
2: And uh, and you are like kind of taken aback a little bit, like <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You watch as a, um, a ghostly figure actually walks through the pile of corpses that you were stood in front of and kind of walks around you. And you get a full look at this scholarly-looking, like, robed high elf as he kind of circles you for a moment and goes, Oh, well, I w- was going to introduce myself, but then you started eating people, and I thought that it was a little bit strange. Uh, my name is Corin Vess. Who, who might you be? Uh,
2: uh pff, sorry. Uh, wait, you've just caught me off guard a little bit here, mate. Um. So yeah, uh, I am Rogar McLeod, the emissary of the Whisper Man. Uh. Um. What are you doing here?
0: Hmm. Kind of nods at you and goes, "Oh, uh, Rogar, that's uh, good to be on." First name basis with a stranger who eats bodies, hmm. but then again, I've not got much of a body left to be eaten, so I suppose I shouldn't worry. I um, well, I've I've been here quite a long time, to be honest with you.
2: So, um, quite a long time, as in, you you are from Sarnath, I guess.
0: Oh no, no heavens, no! I'm I'm not from uh, not from around these parts. I uh, I travelled here on what you might say was a, a bit of an unlucky day.
2: <laughs> you don't have to tell me about bad looking days. <laughs>
0: As uh, Rogar coughs up coughs up a lung. He's like, Oh yeah. yes, um, you don't seem to be in the best of health, my friend.
2: Uh no. Uh um yeah, uh had a little, little bit of a little bit of a run-in with well, something uh, in this place, and um yeah, woke up here.
0: Oh, oh. Well, it's been a it's been a long time since I've seen someone that I can actually talk to. Those odd creatures that keep dropping bodies in here aren't much of a conversation.
2: <laughs> no, they they won't be, unfortunately. Um, so just just out of interest, are you stuck in like this room, or have you been have you been around this place?
0: Oh, I can uh, I can leave this room though. It's a it's a very fascinating room. I've spent so many years just studying here. Wait, and he kind of walks over to one of the uh, walls, and you can see there's like a um, a recess bit where all these bones are like stacked up. And he points to one of them, and goes, "Did you know that this man, ah, this this man is uh, over over five hundred and eighty years old? No, wait, that can't be right. He was five hundred and eighty when I died. Oh yes, yes, more like one thousand five hundred eighty years old. Oh, 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 time flies. Yes." He, he was one of the royal retainers. He used to serve the king. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been fascinating just learning about all these people who I've been down here. And he kind of walks over to the other side like completely past you and points to a skull. This this skull, he was a uh, a nephew to uh, one of the uh, earliest kings of Sarnath. Great man. He uh, started a, a local charity and they uh, thought, well, he's not quite uh, ever going to be king, but let's inter him down here. You know, a bit of a reward. And he's like, He's a little bit strange as he's just walking around the room just rattling off random bits of information about these interred bones
2: Rogar's kind of like wringing his hands a little because you know uh you know i'm not i'm not entirely comfortable um <laughs> you know and like you know like I, uh like i um, said like, a couple of episodes ago you know Rogar kind of feels like these you know he feels familiar familial ties to these ghouls and you know he' feels a little bit like one of them, and now he's sat in a room with loads of dead ones <laughs> um so i'm not i'm not I'm, I'm not comfortable um but I'm just gonna be like wait wait wait, wait, wait. so um you said servant to the uh, the king, is that right
0: oh, uh, one of the ancient kings, yes
2: well what about what about what about the most recent one? any anybody any relation or anything you know in this place
0: you seem to know a lot oh um for one of the for the most recent um perhaps perhaps until he walks all almost all the way to the door and uh starts going through one of the uh casings on the side and he you come to a pair of bones that have kind of been arranged in a little bit of a symbol to spell out the s of sarnath and um he looks and goes I think I think um, this man used to... Um, I think he was the Royal Chamberlain or something?
2: Is uh, can, can I like go check these bones to see if there's anything on them? Like a strand of sinew or... Uh, I don't know. Or oh, 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 fuck it, I might just break them open and eat the marrow inside. <laughs> As, at least I'm assuming marrow counts.
0: Um I actually don't think it does but do me an investigation check see if you can spot even just the tiniest morsel.
2: Well, let's see if things have turned around. <laughs> A 15. That's not too bad. That's okay.
0: <laughs> you find the tiniest tiniest <laughs> speck of dried jerky flesh.
2: I'm I'm having it. <laughs>
0: And you pick it off, and you eat it. And again, you try to close your eyes to focus. As you just hear a Vest as your eyes are closing, and your mind's finger goes, Oh, I do wish you'd stop doing that. It's very just disturbing, frankly. And his voice kind of trails off as your mind flows back to a room in the palace. You're walking through the halls, as you normally do. You make your way up to the top floor and go to knock on the king's chambers. Sir sir you it is time to address the nobles sir did you finish writing the uh, the missive you are to have me read and you hear a voice go from inside the, the room without, without bothering to open it or even hear any sounds of movement just yell back ah damn it all yes 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 sir. give me a moment would you the nobles think they'd run this place and you hear some hasty sort of scribbling of paper and stomping over to the door and the door swings open and you see the then king of Sarnath he's a, a younger gentleman at this point he's got long slightly curled black hair kind of pulled back a little bit he's just resplendent in like silks and fine and he's got jewels all over his fingers he's got some long golden chains and as always you see hanging from around his neck a large key <gasps> as you take the missive and after some hastily given goodbyes and thank yous and your majesties and your honours and walking away you start to walk towards the stairs as you slip and crack your skull open and die on the stairs and your vision returns
2: now um right
0: oh. so as i was saying could you could you stop licking bones and things it's a bit strange i mean is, is that common for uh, i'm not quite certain what you are my friend you look a little bit like a dragonborn but kind of like a dying dragonborn are you sure you're okay you look you i don't think you're in good health my man you should sit down take a moment
2: um to be fair, you're probably right, mate. Uh, I'm really not in good health, but you know, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, well, I suppose it depends if you know anything about ghouls, really. But you know, um, just, just let's just say it's it's just helping me piece some things together, some things that I, I must do. But uh,
0: you still haven't explained what brought you here. In fact, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have a tendency to get a little bit distracted when I'm. Uh researching things. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, I, I came here from uh, from Syllaphace, far in the east. It's a glorious city, a very, very lovely place. But, well, I'd, I'd spent most of my life there uh, researching things, and I thought I'd travel, see, uh, see a few of the other great sites. Uh, one of the earliest points of my travels was to be would I'd, I'd heard such great things about its artwork and its architecture, and, well, <laughs> Lucky me, they were holding a great celebration on the day I was planning to be here. Uh, I managed to uh, talk my way into the palace, and they offered to give me a little bit of a tour, take me around Sarnath's history. I was being shown the ossuary. uh, Very, very impressive. And as I was taking a look at uh, the skull of the the great great grand uncle of the current current king, um, one of the guards stabbed me in the back. And then so did his friend. And then, as I was dying, one tried to start stabbing the other. It was it was a truly ghastly affair. I'm not quite certain what came over them.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't. I, well, I do mean to laugh. Um, but yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah. So you kind of got wrapped up in all of that, Jazz.
0: Yes, I mean, if it was local tradition, no one really told me. I thought someone would have given a warning before I went there.
1: Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, um, right, well, um, it's it's very unfortunate you got kind of wrapped up in all that. Um, But, you know, uh, so, um,
0: why are you still here then? Oh, well, I'm not quite certain what's going on. I mean, I didn't really expect to die and I certainly didn't expect to raise as a ghost but every time I've tried to leave the palace I just appear back here in the ossuary it's like the city doesn't know what to do with me
2: <laughs> hmm. but, you, but you can move around the palace though
0: oh yes yes I've uh, wandered these halls quite a bit to be honest with you
2: um well I mean I don't, I don't suppose you're looking for some uh, excitement
0: um what sort of excitement eh I've had quite a lot of excitement looking at these bones. They're very interesting.
2: Okay. Um, how how about um, some more living people who, you know, might not be arseholes?
0: Well, that's generally a positive, yes.
2: Um... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So um, I don't even know where in the palace I am, but... Uh... You what, have you seen like a have you uh, uh, you know have have you seen like a big open room with well what can only be described as an arsehole working at the other end of it?
0: Oh, um, well, I do remember. I was wandering round one of the other levels doing a, a usual tour. It's a bit hard to look at the artwork nowadays. Most of it has sort of rotted away and fallen apart. But I was taking in some of the architecture on the first floor when. I heard something in the main gallery. Uh, um, I I went to go take a look, and there was some rather strange-looking robed man uh, clearing off tables and setting things up. I thought he looked looked a bit of a bad one, to be completely honest with you, so I didn't really want to make his acquaintance. And when I uh, looked at him, I heard strange voices in my head. A little bit weird, I must admit. So I, I didn't really want to go anywhere near him. So I left. And uh, yeah,
2: sorry, I, 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 could, I, could, I could totally buy that because he's the reason I am here. Um, looking as fucked
0: up as I do. Oh, my poor lad. Oh. You've had a, a bit of a bad time with him, I see. Well, you, that's okay. You can stay down here in the ossuary with me and we can catalogue the bones together. Don't worry. I'm sure eventually he'll leave or die of old age or something. Probably shouldn't try going
2: one-on-one with him. <laughs> Um, My
0: understanding is, um, are you a ghoul? Because if you, if you are a ghoul, you'll live a very long time. So, you know, you could you can outlast him. War of attrition. It's a good way to victory.
2: <laughs> War, well, that's um, suppose good, but I don't really have, like, an infinite... Well, wait a minute. Do I have an infinite amount of time?
0: Depends who you're asking. I mean, if you don't have anywhere you need to be, I suppose you could stay here forever with me and we can go through all the bones together. I have so many stories I could tell you. Well, hang on a minute. You might actually enter something here. <laughs> huh. Though so, I suppose I should ask, you seem to just appear in the room. Are you some sort of wizard, or are you a dreamer? Oh, I am most definitely a dreamer. Ah, so... stand to reason that you have a... a physical body somewhere. Yeah, but I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, well, it's just... I mean, if you were planning to do anything with that physical body, if you stay here for a long time, it may just starve to death or something. I and mean, if someone's tending to you, I guess that's okay. But I mean, time passes in the material plane as it does here. Oh, that's bit, Oh, that sucks. So, I mean, if you don't mind waiting a few hundred years, I mean, that, that creature in there didn't exactly look normal, so I'm not quite certain how long he'll live. Um, Most aberrations eventually kind of fall apart eventually, or they uh, disappear into the ether, or they just get bored and move on. So I don't know. How long have you got?
2: Probably not as long as I was hoping. <laughs> 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 I just figured I could pass a couple of years. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Well, no, no, unfortunately, uh, I'm, I, I, have no I have no interest in fighting that creature. I, I didn't at the time. Unfortunately, you know, uh, the gods saw it, you know sort of take it upon themselves to um shaft me royally um mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh but what 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 it is is uh you know i i actually came here with a couple of ghoul cool friends of mine and um i want to go and find them but as you said you know i'm a bit of a mess so you know i didn't know um you know uh, if I don't know. Maybe there's some. Maybe something you want other than just you know um, a bit of banter that you know uh, I can help you with. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that if I get to my end goal, you'll be freed from whatever is keeping you here. But I kind of need those guys. Well, I definitely need to know if they're alive. uh, You know, so kind of do with you maybe having a bit of a gander for me.
0: Oh, I see. Well, being freed from here would be quite nice. Um moving on and all that it could uh, be a wondrous new adventure for me I, I would quite enjoy that conversely I would also quite like to have the palace back, it's, it's nice to walk around rather than be confined to this one room so killing or at least getting rid of that creature in the middle also would be useful to me personally I don't mind which way round um, I have no, as they say skin in the game because I don't have any skin anymore
1: <laughs>
0: but if you describe your friends I suppose I could go have a bit of a look for them um, the the walking undead creatures aren't very intelligent so I should be able to get around them um, as long as your friends don't go to the higher levels. I've seen some flaming skulls flying around up there, and normally those are quite intelligent. Did you know that they, they take the the skulls of wizards and they skin them and turn them into those creatures? That's why they still retain some of their spell casting ability. It's very interesting.
2: Oh. um, Yeah. Uh, to be fair, they shouldn't go up. That's probably the last thing that they're willing to do. You know, and I left them, they were only on the... F- like the the entry, at the at the ground level. So, but basically, you're looking for, and I'm going to look around and pick up one of the ghoul bodies that looks a bit like, uh, a bit like E-Rock. Mm-hmm. And you're looking for one of these, uh, but he's a big, big fella, you know, big, strong guy. And then you're looking for one a bit more like this and hold up one if there is any that look a bit like
0: mebone. Okay. Yeah, you give him a fair approximation, you sort of, Nods and uh, you see, he's wearing a bit of a, some ghostly spectacles and he like pulls them out of his pocket and puts them on, and gives them a good look, and goes, Ah, okay, yes, I see two ghouls, but of the moving around sort. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll go see what I can find. Um, y- you might want to take a bit of a nap or something, you know, lie down, um, yeah, d- do something about that bleeding that you seem to be doing still.
2: Yes, I will definitely do that.
0: Good show, good show, right? Um, Back in a jiffy, try not to die while I'm away uh that's the aim <laughs> and uh he uh, walks straight through the closed door
2: <laughs> so uh before before we move on, can I just ask a couple of questions
0: uh of me or of Cor? of current of
2: of, of of you okay <laughs> um because I died, does my con go back up to what it originally was nope. Okay, and I'm assuming I'm just taking a short rest so I can roll hit dice.
0: Uh, I mean, it's entirely up to you. If you wish to take a long rest, that's the four hours in the Dreamlands, or you can take a short rest for one hour. Crap. Decisions, decisions.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll let you know when you come back to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we're not going to Varus right now, so uh, make your choice. Oh, boss. Um... Varus is otherwise indisposed.
1: Yeah, he's a little bit busy at the minute.
0: I mean, I cannot be Doctor Nick just by himself, like repairing a tube. But you know, yeah. <laughs> don't, um, I don't think that's quality content for the listeners.
2: No, it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> this is quite difficult because, uh, oh, shit, I've got no chance. Uh, I'm really sorry, Varys, but I literally have one. Spe- <laughs> I've got one spell slot.
1: <laughs> you don't. You, to be fair, you don't know how long he's going to be. Anyway, it's a big palace.
2: It is a big palace, and he might be a while. Um, oh shit. really, what we well,
1: think about how long it took you to find the laboratory the first time around.
2: No, no, it did take a while, and if he's been stuck in here for a long time, then he's probably going to be bumbling about. At
1: the end of the day, we think about it if you take a short rest for an hour and he still hasn't got back, oh, you know what I mean? You're going to be waiting anyway. You may as well take a long rest and interrupt you.
2: you see, you're making loads and loads of sense, but. I, I I want to try. I do genuinely want to try and save Faris. And the longer I wait, the worse it's going to be. You're probably not even. You're probably not even there anymore. But then again, if four hours of having whatever brainwashing done compared to one hour of brainwashing done, it's going to be a big thing, is it? So, uh, right, uh, we'll go in, short rest, and we'll roll some hit dice. Okay. Fuck it. Bravery comes first.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. Um, I'm just going to roll hit dice until I get full health. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your uh, rolling is uh, far improved from last week, I see.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay, so I've used all my hit dice, and I'm up to 37, so one hit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It may come Ooh. back to bat me in the
2: ass, but let's uh let's let's let let let's just see if he if he comes back in an hour.
0: Okay. Um let's, uh, let's see. Does he get back in an hour? Hmm. Um an hour passes and he hasn't come back. Fuck. <laughs> uh
1: I, I would take the long rest now then if you just wait until he interrupts yeah, you now. You're gonna be waiting around anyway.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So um yeah, I'll take the long rest now then.
0: Ah, so a good. Five hours total. Nice.
2: <laughs> well, at the end of the day, it's it's like if he was going to be back within an hour, then I could have been up and ready to go and out of here.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
2: what I mean? But if if he's going to take if he's going to take longer than an hour, then you know that that chance is probably you know that chance to save Barris to me is uh, at least as much of him as was possible. Mm-hmm. Probably by the wayside, you know. It, do- it doesn't take an hour to perform a lot a, a lobotomy, so you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't take an hour to amputate someone's leg. It, you know, it's a, it's like a twenty minute thing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean, these things are true. These things are true. So okay, so you kind of what, what are you doing? Are you going to like right to the back of the room, trying to hide just in case someone comes in?
2: Yeah, yeah. I might pull some more like the. uh, the ghoul bodies, like you know, around me to make you know, maybe covering myself up a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'll need to roll for it, but um,
0: I'll say you don't need to roll because the next thing to show up in an hour's time of you resting is well, it is a slightly battered E Rock, meat bone, and a ghostly Corinne vest. Ah, ah. Uh, would these be the two that you were looking for? They they say their names are Erok and Meatbone, but, you know, anyone can just lie.
2: Yep, yeah, w- w- that would be the two. Rogar, you're alive.
0: And, and you see, like, Erok is sort of lost for words as he takes a look around the room and just sees basically the bulk of the people he brought here just, just dead.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest looking around in here, mate. To be honest, um, kind of an unfortunate scene.
0: He kind of, he shakes his head a little bit and he he sort of rubs his, like the point between his eyes, just kind of thinking things through for a moment then goes, I expected the worst, I suppose. This is as bad as it could be.
2: It definitely is that. Um, But yeah, I think we still need to try and save Varys, to be honest, but I don't know... I don't know. I, I, I don't know how.
0: I think I saw Varys on the table, but I couldn't get a good look before that fog cloud just covered everything. I tried to take a shot to kill him so we could at least get him out of the room, but I I, I don't think I hit home.
2: No. Um. Worryingly, I don't... I don't know, because like you said, as soon as that cloud came up, then wasn't you couldn't we couldn't see anything um but hmm, on an, on any another note um uh, my good friend here who came and found you guys He's seen the key well he saw he knew of somebody who I then ate the flesh of who had seen the key uh, in a roundabout way
0: I see so where is it
2: well, last we know it was around the neck of the king now where the king's body ended up. I'm not sure, but I know, I know that he was going to the tem- to the temple to make a speech, I, but I don't know. I don't know if he got there, and I don't know if he came and hid back here.
0: Well, you've been around the palace more than I have, but I haven't seen any keys while I've been here. And uh, Meatbone shakes his head as well. Yes. Perhaps then. The temple is the best place to start looking.
2: Perhaps. I mean I've been through a lot of the rooms, to be honest, especially on the upper floors, and I haven't seen a key. Um I, your buddy, you, you've not seen a key about, it, have you? The
0: uh, the ghostly high elf kind of shakes and goes, No, no, I know, I I can't say I remember seeing a key anywhere around here. Uh,
2: you see, e either, either, either the big either the big the big bad evil guys got it, or the king didn't die here. And it's somewhere else.
0: Well, if it's in the city, we're in the wrong place. <sighs> but if what we need is in the vault, we have to come back here regardless. But I don't know... <sighs> and I don't know what that creature is doing. While I was making my way to the landing to get up a good shot, I saw some glowing lights, but I couldn't see what it was.
2: Oh, you mean the rift? Or the It looked like a portal, almost. I see to where? No, you think he's trying to get to the material plane, maybe? I
0: I suppose it's it's not easily accomplished. Normally, if you want to, if you want to pass to the material, you have to go through a gate. There are plenty scattered around the dreamlands, but they're normally well protected. We have one in the Empire. It's how our people move to the material. How we gather bodies. I've been through it once when I was younger. And he sort of nods towards Meabone. Meabone has used it a fair few times. There are others. And he kind of looks up and goes, I hear there's one on the moon. I hear there's some in distant lands. But if this creature's trying to make one, that takes a tremendous amount of power and knowledge. Not the sort of knowledge I possess.
2: nor me. Hmm. But you say you have one of these gates. So...
0: We have access to one, yes. Hmm.
2: That's a good thing to remember for later. So, well, it seems like we have two options. We don't want to fight this guy again. So, we've, uh, well, I I want to say sneak and have a look at Varys to see if there is any of Varys left. Because... I don't I mean, we, we've seen what this guy's done to the ghoul, ghouls, you know, that used to be in the legion. Um, and we don't, you know, there's there's no guarantee that he's not trying to do the same to our friend. Um, or we abandon him, like you can see, like a bit of a, a bit, not a bit, of almost disgust with himself at saying it, but um, and we try and find the king, get in the vault get rid of the ghosts of Eb, and clear this
0: place. It's an option. I want, or at least I want it, to kill that creature. But our attack went poorly, to say the least. But I'm also concerned with what that thing's trying to do. If we we break this curse and get out here ourselves, we're just leaving this whole place to him, or to it. Whatever it is, I don't know what the consequences of that might be.
2: No, I don't know what the consequences would be either, but I was more. I was more leaning towards if there are no ghosts of Ib here, surely another legion of ghouls might be enough to take this creature down. Or several, or a kingdom
0: of. I mean, that's possible, but we already lost so many people here and. My failure won't give us much standing if we went to them. Mm. The Empire isn't the sort to look kindly on failures. I think honestly that they'd cut their losses, or possibly even kill me for my failure here. I wasn't planning to go back, to be honest. Okay. Um, okay. As you guys are conversing, um, Corin has been just sort of sat there, like cleaning his ghostly spectacles with a little ghostly napkin. Yeah. And goes. Oh, I just did. You you said something about a a rift, did you? Yes. Why? Oh no, just uh I was wondering why this uh, this creature had installed a giant, giant bit of focal machinery on the uh, top floor. I thought it was quite a feat of engineering, to be honest. But I wasn't sure what he was going to do with it.
2: Oh, really?
0: That's why I'm a uh, I'm a. Uh, a little bit familiar with the arcane arts myself, and he kind of gives you a, a bit of an eyebrow wiggle at that like he's uh, trying to pump himself up a little bit but not too uh, t- not too smugly was, yeah, so yes, yes uh, I must admit it's a, it's a complicated piece of uh, equipment uh, must, have, must have taken him a while to learn how to make something like that and uh, yes, yeah, so I was wondering what it was going to be used for You don't, you don't tend to build one of those things unless you're trying to focus a great deal of power if you're, if you're correct, and he was making some sort of rift, I guess perhaps he was going to use that to create a bigger rift.
2: So, uh, new plan. Uh, smash his machine up and to distract him, and then we'll run in and save Barris.
0: Um, E-Rock kind of scratches his chin at that and sort of nods, and Meatbone kind of imitates e a little bit and then goes, well, we know where creature is. He at bottom of big central tower. We know where machine is. What if we drop machine on him?
2: <laughs> Ooh, that's a good
1: idea. Because yeah, Doctor Dick is directly below where that
2: thing is. I like it. How are we going to do that? <laughs> uh, uh.
0: Well, we'd have to get a bit of a closer look at it, see how it's secured, I suppose. I Means going through the palace without. You know, dying—it's not much of a bother for me, to be honest with you. I kind of already died, if you hadn't noticed. But the three of you seem to enjoy breathing so.
2: Well, I have an idea. Ooh, I don't know. why I didn't think of this before. Um, question. I don't know. I don't know if you'll. I don't know if you'll remember. But you remember um, when we were in the palace and we fought Dick, and he had a mask on.
0: Yes, Well he had a hat on.
2: Oh, a hat on. Um. Is that in the bag of holding?
0: Um, I was working on the theory that it was. Okay. Uh,
2: because I believe it was, uh, mm-hmm. but it's been a while since I listened back.
0: Well, um, here's the thing: none of you did anything with it, so I have to assume you chucked it in the bag.
2: Yeah, because we picked it up, but we didn't put it on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull that out of the bag of holding. I'm guessing I don't know what it does.
0: Um, you're not certain. I mean, you saw... I, mean, I I saw his face change when it came off. Exactly. Like, you don't know exactly how it works, but you saw that it was clearly a magical item that made him look like Guard Captain Emmerich.
2: Yeah. So, uh, if I give that to e and say, look, try this on, think that you're, you know, try to imagine yourself as one of the, you know, the reanimated abominations that we Around, you know, that we've said, and see if he can do it.
0: Iroh takes the uh, the helm from you and kind of puts it on his head, and nothing happens. And he sort of looks a bit confused for a moment as he's sort of concentrating. And uh, Corrin just looks at it, because he goes, "Oh, oh, yes, yes, that's a that's a, a neat little item we've got on in your hands. There. That's a there is a hat or helm of disguise, depending on how it's been fashioned." I'm afraid your ghoulish friend will need to attune to it. Okay, um, but it's it's a neat little thing because once he attunes to it, you can you can simply cast disguise self from it at will.
2: Yep, uh, which is what I'm hoping you're gonna be able to do. So I'm guessing we have a bit of time here. You know, a bit of time has passed already, and if we're planning on destroying the whole room and destroying whatever this creature is. You know, yeah, you know collateral damage and all that. You know, Ferris might get caught up in it. But if he does, he should disappear and come back somewhere else. So, um, the only way to get through this place, hopefully, you know, uh, I want to say you quietly enough is if we make ourselves look like we belong here. And I can do that. You can't, so you're going to need this. And me, one of us is going to have to carry you. You're going to have to play dead. If you're up for
0: that. Uh, Corin also goes, well, I could actually make one of you invisible as well. (laughs) He he says says, what? Oh, it's a a handy little trick I learnt on my travels. All I do is I say a few words and poof, you're invisible.
2: Wait, so you can make us invisible?
0: I can make one of you invisible. Um, If I remember correctly, when I put a bit more power behind it, a bit more... Oomph, I think I can do more than one person, but I'd have to check my spell book quickly. Brings out a book. turns through the pages. Oh my god. Where wh-
2: where have you where have you come from?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. So says right here, when I when I cast this spell using a slot of third level or higher, you can do one additional target.
2: Right. New plan. Wait, you're a ghost. You don't need to do you need to be invisible? You're just well, visible anyway, are you? If you want, unless you want to not be.
0: Oh, no. I mean, they can see me. It's whether they care with all the ghosts walking around anyway. I guess I've not really been attacked by any of them.
2: Right. So they don't care. Uh, all I'm taking as they don't. So, yeah, you be you. You make E-Rock and Meatbone invisible. I'll turn myself into one of these click my fingers, and I'll turn into one of the abominate... No, no, I'll turn into one of the skeletons.
0: Shadow skeleton things?
2: Yes, yes, because okay. I've done that once already. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, did I get my long rest or not?
0: Uh, well, are you going to have a long rest, and then we say this chat happens afterwards? Because Eroch can spend a bit of time and roll some hit dice and things as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's do that then.
0: Let's assume you've gone by four hours, and then this chat is taking place in our number, for you, six. Yes. Sorry, Varys.
1: It's okay. <laughs>
0: um, right. So,
2: yeah. So, you you make these guys invisible. I look like this. You be you. Um, and screw it. Let's, let's go have a look at this machine. So that's what we're going to do.
0: Okay, well, it sounds like a mighty good plan. I'm all for it. And he uh, waves his hands and E-Rock and Meatbone turn invisible. You are a badass, sir. Where have you come from? <laughs> oh, well, I've just been down here, you know, counting the bones, making sure they're in good order. It's, a, it's an important job, especially when you've been stuck in a palace for hundreds of years.
2: Where were you, like, two days ago? <laughs> Where were you
0: when I was rolling natural ones? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: God damn it! Well, let's... It seems that the gods have smiled on you today, my friend, after cursing you before.
2: <laughs> I love you. I'm, uh, you're going to be a good friend. <laughs> New knock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, we all know what happened to old knock, so uh, I won't take that as a compliment. <laughs> Onwards and upwards.
2: Yeah, so that's it. We're, we're heading up the stairs.
0: So, your plan. Is to head all the way up to the top floor.
2: Is to go, yeah, anywhere I can have a look at how this machine is held up. Okay. Is, I now know there's
0: one there. Mm. Um. So, Rock and Meatbone are invisible. Yep. Which means they get advantage on their stealth checks. Yep. You look like a shadow skeleton, and no one really gives a fuck about uh, Mr. Corrin Vess. Yeah. So, are you also trying to be stealthy? Is that the plan? Or are you just going to walk around and hope no one questions you?
2: Uh, I'm kind of hoping nobody questions me because I look like them.
0: Okay. Well, you've seen before that getting past the first couple of floors with the regular guys. They don't bother you when you're in that form. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am going to roll some stealths for our uh, ghoulish friends. hmm You should be happy that uh, e had advantage there because one of those rolls is a natural one. Oh. Jesus. But uh, they both pass through the first... So, Basically, the basement level and the ground floor okay. Okay, let's do the next level up because that was also okay. Okay, you get it through uh the first floor. Am I miscounting? Hang on, I'm forgetting my own uh palace design.
1: So, you got basement and first floor, so I think that would be second floor, wouldn't it?
0: No, no, because it's basement, ground floor, first floor, second floor.
1: Yeah, my bad. Sorry, yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but the first. First floor is where the um, arcane ritual and thing, like all the sigils and that, were around and about. That's right, right.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was the floor with all the sigils on. Because
0: mm-hmm. the second floor is the one with the king's chamber on.
2: Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you get as you're making your way through the palace, so far seemingly uh, un uh, unmolested, you manage to get back up to the floor with all the arcane sigils on. However, this time when you get there, they're all glowing. Uh-oh. And you can feel just a thrum of energy as the palace starts to shake.
2: Um, can I attack one of the sigils?
0: Uh, you can take a swing at one of them. Okay. Uh, does that make sense? I think that makes sense. So you're going to burn a spell slot
2: to use the Yeah, I'm going to burn a first-level spell slot to use the clip and take a swing at one of those sigils because it looks like they're setting off and i don't want this to work wait hang on a minute is this gonna like is this is gonna alert everybody to who to to our position isn't it
0: mm-hmm. maybe oh,
2: shit. is this a good idea or not um well i had six seconds so i will have done it okay At uh, 20 with 16.
0: okay you take eclipse off your back you swing it at one of the sigils on the wall as eclipse hits it eclipse teleports from your hand and goes scattering 30 feet down the hallway like, spitting to a stop as if it was suddenly transported via magic.
2: Motherfucker!
0: Um, Corin is going to do a bit of an arcana check on the sigils. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, this this isn't good. What do you mean, this isn't good? Well, we're in the unfortunate position as your, uh, your, um, your enemy down below, your, uh, strange tentacled friend, it appears to be very clever is the problem. It seems your ghoulish friend supposes correctly that this is some sort of gate, which means all of these sigils are redirecting and refocusing power. You see here, and he kinda of points out to a couple of them like these indicate movement, these indicate planar travel, these indicate teleportation and stabilization. Oh yes, yes, this is this is this is this is fascinating. I, I wish I had a few a few weeks to study it. It's, Whoever came up with this is uh, brilliant, frankly. I would be careful not, not to attack them, as seen by your sword going flying. I would also not step on the sigils that indicate movement or planar travel, as you may. Well, I'm not going to make too much of an educated guess, but I have to assume it won't be good.
2: Right. Um, So, first thing I want to do is I want to go pick my sword up if I can. So, you're going to try
0: walk on the floor and get to your sword?
2: Yes, but not on any of the sigils if I can see them.
0: Okay. Uh, Uh, Can I do a perception
2: check on the floor?
0: Well, I'll say because Corrin's been able to point them out to you, because he uh, made quite a good arcana roll there, make me a dexterity save with advantage as you attempt to nimbly dodge around all the sigils. An
2: 18. Nice. 18.
0: You manage to make it down the corridor that Eclipse went flying to.
2: Oh, thank God. And
0: you pick up Eclipse. And
2: I hold it like a newborn baby.
0: <laughs> Love that sword. <laughs> Corrin, um floats himself a little bit up off the floor and goes, well, some advantages to not having a body, I suppose. And he starts floating down the corridor. Um, Erock and Meatbone <laughs> are going to have to roll some dex saves, though.
2: Oh, God.
0: All right, Erock's okay.
2: Come on, okay. So yes. they both
0: make it to you a little bit down the corridor, but you're gonna to have to make another set of saves to get close to the staircase that leads to the top floor.
2: What choice have we got?
0: All right. Make me another dexterity saving throw, please.
2: Is this with advantage again or normal? Yeah,
0: with advantage, because you know what you suggest to look out for.
2: 22, not 20.
0: Not nice. 20. Okay. Again, you sort of pick your uh spots to step your foot down and you make it all the way to the staircase. Now uh meet bone and e rock going to give it another shot. Yurok is okay. Meatbone meat meat bone. Meat, meat bone with a nat 20.
2: He nice. Is also okay.
0: yes. So you all pick your way very, very carefully to the stairs. And well, I'm going to have to ask for one last stealth check if you guys are heading up to the machinery.
2: Uh, do I need to make one as well?
0: Well, it's up to you. Are you making one or are you just going to walk up there?
2: Hmm. Oh, these are the things with the floating heads, aren't they? Can I change my disguise self so I'm a floating head?
0: Um, you wouldn't be able to because they are considered a tiny creature. They're too small for you to change into.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I thought I'd ask. Um, then I, then the way I kind of play it is, I am willing. I I I would make a stealth check, but I would, I kind of, you know, even if I did get spotted, kind of thing, then I would be trying to play it as though you know I'm just one of them. So Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you'd want me to make one based on.
0: Okay. uh, Well, you make me a... Preemptively make me a deception then, if you're just going to wander up there like that. Just
2: a straight deception, yeah. Uh,
0: With advantage, because of your uh, disguise. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Well, we'll come to that in a moment. It's time for some stealth checks for our two invisible friends. I think they both passed this, actually. Oh. Yeah. Stupid flame skulls. So, you all four of you make your way up and you pass the king's chamber that you went into earlier and you start walking towards the center chamber. Rogar, you spot this large bit of machinery that seems to be just affixed to different points of the um, upstairs balcony, essentially, so like the the guardrail that would have been around it for people to lean on. It's been basically attached in four different points to that. So it's, got, it's like a four-legged spider with a big spike in the center just sort of hanging there or sort of held on there. And you can see that the tip of this thing is currently glowing. And as you're walking towards it, you can watch as these flares of arcane energy are just skittering across to the ground like bits of electricity that are just jumping from point to point and then making its way to the machine in the center. This focal point, this, this just arcane focus on a massive scale. And you see... Two of the flame skulls are currently floating around it, and as you're not making a stealth check, they do notice you. And with a 14, are they going to care? Let's find out. Okay, with a 14, they do not seem to come over to you and consider you a threat at the moment.
2: Okay. But
0: But they are... Yeah, they are literally on the balcony, just, like, rotating around this thing, as if they're basically guarding it.
2: Okay, um... So I'm guessing there's not going to be a sneaky way to take this thing out. So I'm thinking we each head to uh, like a, a corner, or a, a, shall we say? Then again, I don't know if my ghost friend can destroy it or not. I would assume if we take out three legs, the thing will fall.
0: Um, you can get if like the skulls weren't there, you could get a closer look and see what might be the best approach.
2: Okay. Uh, oh, I'll see. I'll let him do that if he just does a look at one of the legs then you you know he might have a bit of an idea
0: okay he's going to he's actually going to try be a little bit more careful cuz these things seem on kind of high alert and he doesn't okay. know if they're just going to attack him if he gets too close to this machine so he's going to try stealth ooh natural 17 wow nice, nice. he very carefully just waits for a moment and picks his way closer to the balcony sort of the landing bit and he just waits until the skulls are doing a rotation just so that one of them is out of sight. And he kind of leans out and looks at it and then floats his way back to you and goes, Well, it looks like they've affixed it to the guardrail. It's The guardrail is uh, reasonably strong, but it's carrying a heavy weight. Perhaps if we damaged that, the whole thing would collapse. Um, I'm not certain how well we can aim this contraption, but at least if we send it flying down we will do a fair bit of damage to well, everything.
2: Okay. Um, well, that's what we're going to do then. So we need to damage the guardrail. I'm assuming the guardrail isn't going to be particularly high AC.
0: Um, uh, eh, not super high. I mean, it is um, metal and small, so that's more to the AC than uh, anything else. But
2: Yeah, but I- I'm thinking that it's not going to take 10 rounds to slam through it.
0: Probably not, no you would think with some solid hits from Eclipse, you could probably do enough damage to at least buckle it around one of the uh the legs at least that's uh that's what it sounds like from what Corin's saying
2: what I was gonna say is that it, with e rock and Meatbone kind of being hidden if I go and attack this thing obviously the well skulls...
0: basically given your current uh situation, if you push the attack now we'll roll initiative and you'll and they will essentially be surprised, yeah. So, okay. me Bone and E-Rock, if they split up, would get to attack both with advantage.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, what I w-
0: f- I w- yeah.
1: So, yeah. So if you focus on the balcony, they them to focus on the skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, and try and um, divert their attention as well,
2: sort of thing. Yeah, mm. that's what I want to. Tr- that's what I want to try and do anyway.
0: Okay. So uh, I suppose we should, should roll some initiative. Just get them uh, on the board. Okay. So uh, Rogar, let's one second. Let me give you something to at least look at on the map. I'm just going to repurpose this so you have an idea. You can you see that?
1: I can see it. It's sort of like in the middle.
0: Yeah, so that semicircle you can see is the balcony. Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Corrin gets an awful initiative roll. Sad times for him. Rocking up with a five.
1: Yeah. It's better than my initiative. That's true. not <laughs> great. <laughs>
2: Uh, right, let's click on me and fucking nine. <laughs> Not nine. good.
0: <laughs> nine from Raga. Let's see what my uh, friendly flame skulls get. Uh, they didn't do too great themselves. They are rocking up with a eleven, but they are surprised this turn. So, Meatbone, what are you getting? Uh, Meatbone's getting eleven. Actually, Eroks going first. Good nice. Eroks going first with a eighteen. Meatbone with a eleven. So he's acting on the same round as the flame skulls. Yep. Corin bringing up the rear with five. And Roga with a nine. Well, so the flame skulls will no longer be surprised when you go Roga, but yep. Eroks is going to run into this first. Okay. And, well, he is going to attack one of them with advantage. And you know what? He's not going to use his goddamn uh, heavy crossbow anymore. He's just going to run in here with his glaive and attempt to cut this goddamn thing down to size. So let's see, Erok, what do you get? And attacking from his invisibility. First hit, uh, definite hit. Second, definite hit with a natural 18. Nice. and third wow natural 17 nice damn so yeah i didn't roll with his modified i didn't roll under a 20. he definitely hits all of those yeah so let's, uh, let's do some damage here iraq what do you got for me uh so all three hits wow i am i'm rolling insane for you i think he may have actually killed this thing in one round nice yes. maybe Oh maybe not not quite but God damn it he did some he did some nasty damage to this thing. He just runs right up to it, brings round his uh, glaive and you don't see any of this. you just see like the faintest shimmer of light as he runs past this uh, runs right past you, pulls out the glaive, jumps up and swings with three vicious attacks and deals a total of 37 points of damage.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
1: If I remember correctly, though, if we, like, we fought a flaming skull, didn't we, outside of uh, Sarnath, and it didn't have that much HP. Uh,
0: they did not. Meatbone was going to go for the other one, regardless, though, because that was his initial plan. So they are splitting up to take care of these two things. Uh, Meatbone, what's your attacks? You're rather less impressive than you, but we love you all the same.
2: We do. We do. Uh, he's
0: going to go for some claws, I think. And... he. I think, hits with a 18 total. Nice. 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 So there's some uh, 2d4 plus 2, so that is 7 points of damage to this other one. Well done, Meatbone.
1: That's one, Meatbone.
0: Cool. So they are no longer surprised, but that is their turn. Rogar, you are up. I am running
2: straight at this balcony and taking a swing at it.
0: Okay. Give me a swing with the clips. Uh, 27 with 16. Uh, 16, okay you swing Eclipse close round and deal a nasty amount of damage you watch as the guardrail starts to buckle and you see where the weight of this big mechanical leg starts to sink into it and
2: I'll uh, take another swing <laughs> and this
0: time with an 11 uh, natural 1, so you miss yes. <laughs> a natural 1 so i to miss on the second one okay and that's you done, isn't it uh,
2: that is me done, yes
0: Okay, that leaves Goron. Coran, my man, what are you going to do? Hmm, he doesn't actually have much in the way of offensive spells. Sad times for him.
2: Can he, like, boost meatball at all?
0: He could, but... Would he do that? Well, it's more that his boosting spells are more of his higher level spells, and at the moment you guys are kind of planning to attack Dr. Nick after this.
2: I'm hoping to kill Dr. Nick after this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, he's going to just float over to... Uh, uh, this is kind of silly because he's a wizard, but he doesn't really have anything else he can do. You know what, actually? I think he's just... Oh, no. I'm being silly. He has magic missile. So fuck hey. it. He's going to magic missile... Um, does he try to go for the kill or does he try help Meatbone Because Meatbone's in a bit too And Then
1: Rock can go on the other one, can't he? That's what I would do.
0: Yeah, I think he's. I mean, Erok's got it in hand, but it frees up Eroks' turn. So he is going to magic missile the heavily damaged Flame Skull, mm. and all these three little arcane darts of blue energy just appear in front of uh, Korraf. He's, he's kind of like just uh, playing with his spectacles a little bit, and then he's like, "Oh yes, the fire just started. Good show." And magic missiles it. And You see these three little darts just go, and the Flame Skull just cracks into little pieces and falls apart to the floor. No nice. anyway, you need to roll the damage because it only had three health left and deals more than three damage is minimal. <laughs> so flame skull, you're down. Sad times. But that is the end of the first round. Well done. B Rock, you are up next. Does he help Meatbone or does he help Rogar?
2: Um that's would kinda of be up to him.
0: Because he can't get to the flame skull without a dash.
2: Yeah. So he's but, not actually helping me. What he could do is move up to Rogar,
1: attack with this round, and then move next time. Yeah. And then attack the Flaming Skull.
0: True. Could go for that. Leaves you guys a little bit clumped together, but yeah, go on. He will run by and basically slash where uh, Rogar was aiming. Uh, first one actually misses, because it was an awful swing. Second one, natural 20.
2: Nice. Uh,
0: so, with a total of 16 points of slashing damage he manages to break through the last bit of the guardrail and you watch as the big metal leg kind of comes detached and kind of swings out a little bit over the massive just, just open air it's just hanging off in there but as that happens you watch as the tip of the focal point flares and you see those tubes are sticking into different parts of the machinery flowing that red liquid up and it starts to glow and you watch as the electrical charges from the floor below, all that arcane energy just sort of welling up, starts to hit against the machinery. And it shoots a beam straight down. And you see that multicolored shifting light, the greens, the purples, the blues, the reds. It all starts to coalesce and twist around as a rift begins to open. And that's Eroch's turn. Meet Bone. Take your swing. You are no longer invisible. Uh, he actually misses horribly um however that means it's Mr. Flameskull's turn and Mr. Flameskull is not happy no and he doesn't really give a shit about his own well his own health so you know what he's gonna do fireball oh he's gonna fireball ah and as you already fucked this side up anyway he doesn't care that much he's gonna fireball right on uh, right on Corin. <laughs> So deck saves all around, everybody. Erok with a seventeen.
2: Natural twenty.
0: Nice. Bastard. Eaton <laughs> fails. Satan. No. Uh Corin. I think that might also be a fail from Corrin. Yeah, Corin and Meatbone both fails. So they're gonna take full brunt of this damage. But you two, Eroch and Rogar, are only gonna take half damage. So you know, it's positive. Also, given that you long rest and waded through, this is technically a new day by this point, so you didn't uh, say your prayer.
2: I didn't know it was a new day.
0: Oh, uh, well. Passage of time.
2: I can, say it, I can say it at any point during the day.
0: That's true. That's what I'm just telling you.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: can know, be nice.
2: That is nice.
0: And because I'm about to do something not nice, so... Cheers. Okay, that's yeah, not quite as nice as I would have liked. 24 points of fire damage, so halved for uh, Erok and Rogar. Corvus uh, takes one hell of a hit there he's not, uh, not looking too good after that one actually
2: yeah okay
0: bone is also looking quite singed okay yeah um Korath is completely ablaze for a moment just oh thats that was it was very rude very rude indeed broga you're up
2: um so you said we've destroyed this side of the uh, the, the thing didn't we
0: yes.
2: Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go help and I'm going to try and
0: wipe out this flame skull. okay so you're rushing around the balcony
2: yeah yeah because if I if I if if I flanked it I'd have to move 35 feet so that's Fair enough. why I'm not I'm being honest
0: <laughs> good first time for everything oh cheek of <laughs> it
2: that's a 25 with oh so it's 25 with 13.
0: 25 with 13.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, 11 even.
0: 11. Yeah. Okay, 11 points of damage. Uh, well, that is a hit, and it hurts, but he ain't dead.
2: Yep. Uh, so I'll take another swing. Uh,
0: 25 with 15. 15. So you come around with a couple of brutal swings of eclipse, and you just start smashing this little skull around. But it is still standing.
2: Fair enough. Um, and yeah, that'll have to be
0: the end of my turn. Fair enough, Ski. That leaves... Goran, who was not happy about that fireball to the face, and he's going to retaliate with... probably some more magic missiles. Yes, he can cast more of them. That's good. Uh... magic missile, that is... 3d4 plus 3. Ooh, 11 points of damage. That's actually enough as you watch these little arcane darts blow this thing apart. Yay! And it crumbles to the floor as well, um, as it does so, uh, uh, Corin Vess looks and goes, Now, we must be quick. One, because there's probably more skulls around, and two, because these little nasty creations can come back to life after a little while. Or unlife, I guess.
2: Oh, did not know that, so yeah, we'll get a whale on
0: this, uh, this balcony. Good show. That rift looks mighty nasty. You watch as this like glowing green, purple, and blue rift starts to take shape and is like tearing apart. And you're just watching the just the the, this gate be tore into reality. And you start to see, you start to see the streets of a city.
2: Um, shit,
1: (laughs) yeah, you need to destroy this quick.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try
0: (laughs) so. You and Erock can pretty much make quick work of the rest of this when these uh, skulls are not about and as you start to wail on it the guardrail begins to buckle and break and you watch as the machine sort of tilts in a bit and the rift gets disrupted and the whole bit of machinery starts to collapse and falls directly down the chamber and you just hear a thunderous crash. Of tearing metal and breaking stone, you just hear a blood curdling, rage induced scream echo up through the halls as if it's being screamed from multiple mouths. Oh shit. And that's where we're gonna end the episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh god!
1: Vicky's pissed now.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nick well is pissed
0: a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> well, hope you all had fun.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm glad because I mean you were basically a spectator again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey ho.
0: I'm sorry to keep doing this to you, but you got captured at a really bad moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's one of them, is it? <laughs> at least I got something to, to say on a few things. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, next week I think we'll finally find out what happened to Varys. <laughs>
1: Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs>
1: Gives me a chance to write up a backstory, at least, anyway.
0: Yeah, for your, uh, your new, uh, your new uh, backup character, just in case it's needed.
1: Yeah, I I think I've got the record for the most characters at the minute, so. <laughs>
0: That's yeah, definitely that,
1: true. Yeah, that'll be four, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> four. Look,
0: I do not kill you intentionally. No. Things <laughs> just happen.
1: Yeah, I'm, just re- I'm just really bad at D and D.
0: I don't even think you're bad at D and D. I just think the dice hate you.
1: It could be that. And Rogar <laughs>
0: leaves you to die a lot, so you know there's not much can Robert com- camaraderie.
1: Why do Why do we ask the listeners on Twitter and say, "Am I actually bad at D and D, or I'm just really fucking unlucky?" <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting uh, to know.
0: <laughs> it doesn't help that in it, thing is, it doesn't help that you write backstories that contain characters that I'd look at and go, huh, i would make a good villain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't help if I have a really complete backstory. It's
0: not my
1: fault. Uh, I might, the on. next one, I might, next one just, for the next one, I'm just going to put Guy, he appears.
0: <laughs> nice man. Everyone like. No yes. enemies. <laughs> Friend to all.
1: Absolutely. Doesn't know anyone called Nick. <laughs>
0: uh, Anyway, I hope everyone listening enjoyed. That was Gunpowder Treason No Plot. You can find us on all major podcast providers, and you can chat to us on Twitter. I am at Treason No, and my players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. And if you want to see some lore background, some artwork, things like that, we also have a WordPress website and a Facebook group, both at Gunpowder Treason No Plot. And I will hand you over to my co-hosts who say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed
2: hearing my voice, As much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on Lost Art Podcasting and Lost Art Wrestling Podcast. They're available on all good podcast providers and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LOW Podcast. And maybe one day you can find me in the Rescar Cafe on Facecar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK, Europe for now.
1: And you can also find me on those amazing podcasts, but you can also find me... On the UK RAD Live podcast, we're on all the good podcast catchers out there. We have a Facebook page, just look for UK RAD Podcast or RAD Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at UK RAD Podcast. But you can also find uh, Miles Rigo's Steve, as mentioned earlier in the podcast, who recently has taken a little bit of, uh, what shall we say, a disagreement with Rogar in how he treats his so-called friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. I wonder why.
1: Hmm. (laughs) there can only be one
0: (laughs) Uh, well thank you for listening everyone and we will see you next week goodbye
1: see ya see ya hey nerd do you like Dungeons and Dragons?
0: of course you do
1: do you like people with New Zealand accents? Of course you do again. Wake up, bucko. It's the fate of Isen. We roll dice, laugh a lot, and tell a surprisingly compelling tale about a plucky group of weirdos. Hey, who are you calling a weirdo? Who gets swept up in a quest to quote-unquote save the world off Isen. There's action, excitement, and there's a lot of apples. Seriously, there's way too many apples. It's, it got
0: way out of proportion.
1: Weird as my mother's top lip. On the Necropoticon Network. See you there.
0: That'll do. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.